welcome to College Station, Texas. It's Marty and McGee live here where the Auburn Tigers are in town to play the Aggies. And you know, Marty, uh, when you're hosts of a show, you have a lot of responsibility. As Spider-Man likes to say, we, you know, there's a lot of power that comes with responsibility. There's tremendous power that comes with responsibility. There is uh, pressure. You know, privilege is a wonderful thing. Privilege is a pressure. Is, is a yeah. Guess what? I know what you mean. You know what I think? What? I think we should just get ballistic. What do you think? I agree. Literally. on earth like this one. I mean, it is just unique from beginning to end. And uh, that stadium right there is so impressive, and it's even more impressive that our names are in it. Always. Yeah, that's uh, that never, never going to get old, never Nothing will. Nothing feels better than seeing our name in lights. Yeah. Kyle Field there here. Is, man, they're going to play a big old gigantic football game over there in just a couple of People hours. Out here. Back, and the Auburn Tigers are in town. Man, it's, it's, it's week four. It's statement time. And today we're going to break it all down for you here live. How y'all doing this morning? They're good. They're here. Here you go. Everybody has shown up. Thank hey. you guys for being here. Oh. It's a great day in College Station. It Love is. Love it. And uh, we're going to be joined right here live on set by Schloss, the baseball coach, the legend, <laughs> who's been here for two years now. And by the way, uh, played a little college baseball in the state of North Carolina and against Marty's original baseball team. My uh, not really alma mater, but the first school I went yeah, to. Yeah, I went look forward to, to chatting with him about some D2 baseball. But Jim Schlossling was going to join us right here on the set, and so will Paul Feinbaum. Yes, sir. Because he's going to break it all down. The godfather of the Southeastern Conference. Yeah. The great Paul Feinbaum. Hey, let me tell you, man. It's actually a little cooler right now than I anticipated it would be because we have a bunch of air conditioners blowing on us. It's the first day of fall, and it's going to be 99 degrees. Y'all, yesterday was one of the hottest days I've ever experienced <laughs> in my entire life, and all the Texan people were like, dude, this is a What's this wrong is, with you? There's a winter blast coming through here. Yeah. This is the hottest summer on record. Yeah, they're like, buck up. Don't worry about it. So y'all remember the TV commercials that we had that we shot with Jimbo Fisher. We shot those here. And it was in the middle of the summer two years ago, and it was the hottest that you and I have ever been in our lives. Legitimately 109 degrees, and yeah. that is not hyperbolic. I'm not making that number up. It yeah. was 109 degrees, and we got the great privilege of sitting in a Ford F100 that, had, that wasn't on. No. So it was probably 150, 140 yeah. inside that wonderful it's big truck. time Hollywood, so that truck was actually on the back of a trailer, and they were pulling us around out here in the countryside. And it was, uh, it was like sitting in a microwave. Big time Hollywood might be a stretch. <laughs> but, but, and then Jimbo gets in the truck. He's like, Why, what's y'all's problem? Why y'all sweating so much? Because <laughs> at that point, he was, already, uh, he was already acclimated to the deal. But it is going to be a big game. Uh, it's going to be hot. Uh, it's going to be the teams are going to have to be ready for that. And the game, it's a big football game. This is a big football game. I thought about this game. I went back and watched it a year ago. And it was a slugfest. Game barely got out of the teens when, when it came to scoring. And it made a statement about what was going to happen for the remainder of the season for both of those teams. And, and I feel like this game today is a who are you going to be. Week four in general is a who are you going to be for the rest of the year statement weekend as September starts to draw to a close. And, and this game is part of that. Well, Coach Freeze wins. I mean, it's what he does. He's 3-0 he's and right now at Auburn. He has tremendous aspirations. He needs some dudes. You know, yep. a couple years he'll, he'll, he'll get the talent in there that can really contend for the SEC West. I mean, Jimbo has the talent. That is indisputable. Arguably the best quarterback in the conference right now in Connor Wegman. And so the, the expectations are very high here. I remember being with Jimbo when he accepted the job six years ago, riding around here on, some, on some horses on some, in some ranch over here. <laughs> and he said to me very, very directly, our aspirations are win the West, win the league, win the national championship. And a lot of people would look at that so far as a disappointment. And I feel like he now has the horses. I think they've done a great job with the Bobby Petrino marriage of – dialing that offense in so they should be very optimistic here yeah no absolutely and you know what you know what i think we should do i think we should talk some ball 
Well, okay. Let's do it. You want to talk some ball? Let's talk a little bit of ball. Let's talk about a little ball and talk about this game today. And uh, as we do every week, you know, we're still reporters. We do the goofy stuff and we do the hillbilly headlines, but we also like to do a little bit of research when it comes to these games and have chatted with these teams uh, about this game. And, uh, man, like we said, it, it's – I mean, I can't remember a week four where there were so many games around the nation. Yes, there's so many top 25 matchups. And then there's games like this, which is, all right, you know, it's time to make a charge into that top 25, and are you going to be a contender for a title? And I think we'll find out about these two teams today. All right, so I chatted. Um, you know, we, I chatted with folks down at Auburn as they're getting ready for the football game. Their bus is rolling over here right now. And after three games, you mentioned they're 3-0, and but it's been a far from a perfect performance. And what Hugh Freeze says, he is so over so many turnovers. Marty, they have seven turnovers in the first three games this year. Uh, had a fumble and two interceptions against Sanford. They had three fumbles and interception versus Cal, and they're having ball security issues in the red zone. They've only surrendered 10 points off of turnovers, but those 10 points almost cost them that crazy Cal game out on the West Coast. So you got to figure out a way to take care of that. But the good news is they're like an even on that plus-minus stat that we love so much because they're so not over their opponents' turnovers. They've also caused seven turnovers in three games, multiple turnovers in the first three games for the first time in four years. The great neutralizer is what Hugh Freeze calls it, and they're going to need a little help today. So, yeah, knock that football loose. And then part of the reason they're turning the ball over is they've got so many freshmen playing in these games. Welcome to the SEC, kids. Been very aggressive with rotating personnel, particularly at running back. to use like six guys already. Because of injuries, particularly on defense, they're going to have to press a lot of 19, 18-year-olds in the service today. The next three weeks for Auburn, Texas A&M, Georgia, LSU. You always ask about your welcome to the SEC moment. That is not got fair. three straight weeks of them. What a gauntlet. I yeah. mean, the, the, the SEC West is just relentless. And uh, that is a very difficult three-week run for Coach Freeze and the Tigers. Well, on the other side, Jimbo Fisher called me last night, McGee, about 10 o'clock. I've yeah. been trying to get a hold of him since Monday. He's been a little busy, more. Sorry, man. I've been, I've been doing stuff. I've been working. Yeah. I've been preparing. And these are the things that he told me that are the most important for them to beat Auburn today. First, Peyton can't be a thorn in the A&M defense's side. Look, I talked to Jimbo last night. Like I said, first thing he told me was they have to be sound defensively against Auburn's run game and limit easy runs from the RPO. Specifically, they have to win the quarterback run game. He believes Auburn will have planned runs for Robbie Ashford and Peyton Thorne, so they have to maintain good integrity. We saw it last week against Sanford. Uh, Sanford, man, I mean, Thorne went crazy. Yeah. He had 400 yards of total offense. Yeah. I mean, he was running everywhere, throwing everywhere. So they do have to be extremely strong with integrity defensively against the run. Number two, bend but don't break. If Auburn does gash the A&M defense, Fisher told me they have to be great in the red zone defensively. He noted Auburn has had a bit of a hard time this season in the red zone, and A&M has to further that trend today. And lastly, they got to keep Connor Wegman clean. The Aggies have to be balanced offensively protect Wegman. They have to finish drives with touchdowns against an Auburn defense that's really sound in the red zone. Fisher told me Wegman's confidence is growing. He believes he belongs now, and that's something that he'd been battling. Like, he's gotten to that place where the game is slowing down, and so Bobby Petrino and Coach Fisher are giving Wegman a ton of freedom in this offense to manipulate the defense and make a lot of decisions. He understands football conceptually, and again, the game started to slow down. He has a 92-8 QBR. That's pretty good. Yeah, no, it, it is really good. And it's, it, you know, it's interesting to me because it's two teams, again, that are trying to find an identity. Obviously, a lot of change with Texas A&M with Bobby Petrino, a lot of change with a brand-new coaching staff at Auburn. It, there's so many young guys that are being pushed into positions of, you got to play now. And that's just kind of where we are in college football whether it's transfers or whether it's, you know, all right, they were back in the day, I think about the NFL. In the NFL, the idea of first-year rookie quarterbacks starting games was nuts. Now that's all that happens all the time. And in college football now, the idea of a freshman and a sophomore and you leaning on 20 of those guys on a Saturday seemed crazy. That's the way that it is. Well, especially at this level. I mean, yeah. When you're recruiting at such a high level like, like Jimbo has here, he's getting these guys in who are four- and five-star guys, and so they expect them to contribute early. Now, the growth period is always an interesting and individual thing. You don't know how guys are going to react when you're truly in competition. They might win the underwear Olympics all day long, but when the bullets are flying, it's a little bit different deal. 
And Connor Wegman has just been amazing. I mean, he throws such a catchable ball. That's one thing Jimbo said to me last night, that he's really progressed in such a unique way, is he puts the ball where his guys can go get it, all, almost always. And so uh, they have very high expectations and should. And just so you know, Jimbo and I talked football last night for about yeah. Three or four I was going to ask you about this. We talked hunting for like twenty five. No, I was going to ask you. So and, and also when Jimbo when Jimbo talks for ten minutes about football, two million words. The amount of words that he gets <laughs> in is more than most people say in like forty five minutes. I can't transcribing like well we interview people right as writers we transcribe what they say later or in TV you log it you know you type it all out you can't do it with Jimbo. You just, the funny thing is friends of ours who are stenographers who like do these press conferences all the time you see them when Jimbo comes in for press conference they just take a deep breath like here we go they go smoke burn a heater outside before they start so and calm here, down a little bit and one thing that Jimbo and Hugh Freeze have in common is also when when they talk to us they want to talk about football they want to talk about hunting whatever they want to talk about NASCAR they do like the first time I met Hugh Freeze was at the Talladega Super Speedway Media Center I think he was driving the pace car and I remember him talking about, you know, they all come in and say, well, I'm a, big, I'm a big NASCAR fan. And then after I talked to Hugh Freeze for about 10 minutes, I realized, oh, no, no, he has an entire closet of VHS tapes of races he recorded from the 90s. And to relax, he'll go watch the 1996 <laughs> Valleydale Meets 500 just to do whatever. Nothing's relaxing about that. No, no, but, but that's but, – and Jimbo's the same way. Like, they're legit. Just so y'all know, I have the entire scouting report on Jimbo's massive ranch – he has huge bucks on his land. He said he's got eight or nine that are ready to go to the dinner table. So uh, he's going to have a great fall in the deer stand, too. We shall see. That, that day we shot those commercials, we were actually at his house. And we're standing on the back deck, and they started, he started explaining to me the different levels of hunting. We got in this 4x4 four four gator and rode around his property. He was happier than a pig. I've never poo-poo. seen anything like it. And then he said, you know, and then at my other ranch, I'm like, what? He's got one north of town and one south of town. The one we were at was only like 850 acres. Well, you, do you have Small too much money land. if you're talking about well, this ranch versus the other ranch? You own both ranches? Yeah. No, that's, that's something to aspire to. Well, he, uh, he's done a good job here. Oh, and, yeah. And, and this is a huge game for these two teams yep. today. I mean, it really is a barometer game that's going to tell us where these two programs are. Auburn is 3-0, and but, you know, they kind of squeaked by against Cal. The competition hasn't really been to their level. Well, it is today. And, of course, A&M 2-1 with a loss to Miami. Uh, otherwise, they've, they've looked very good. Yeah, well, I'll tell you this, 3-0s, 3-0s, 3-0. And no matter how you get there, and essay contest. At the end of the year, they won't know what your record was. All right, a man who knows something about winning sporting events is going to join us straight ahead. It's Schloss. There you go. We're going we're gonna to talk about A&M. We might even talk about Elon baseball. He's going to join us coming straight ahead right here on Marty and McGee. Man's got good hair. Oh, I know, right? That's why he fits in with us. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah. And we're back. Ho! Trapper. It's Marty McGee live from College Station, Texas. And again, we say it all the time. We're going to keep saying it. That um, never gets old, right there. And you know what? They got a uh, they got a lot of traditions here at A and M. And we uh, we sure hit the do. street and started talking to them about it. Can you describe Texas A&M football in one word? Um, hope. Hype. Fun. It's exciting. Suspenseful. Iconic. <laughs> in progress. We have so many traditions here at AM. Unofficial, official. Oh my god, way too many to know. Like, I have no idea. Upwards of 20, I think. Well, we have nail. nail. Yeah, we have elephant wall. Silver tapster. Silver Taps, that's the one! Saying howdy instead of hi. A um, muster. The war hymn's really fun. I'd consider whooping a tradition. I've, uh, Corps Cadets is a tradition we have here. Um, dumping people in a fish pond. 
Men joining us now to say. I knew y'all had 900,000 yeah. traditions. I didn't know that you had. I never heard of some of them. All right. Fish pond. So the, the, the head baseball coach here. Now, you're in your second year, Janice Lost. Like, so can you keep track of all of it? Because there's a lot. Like every time I'm here, I learn about a new A&M tradition that I didn't know about. Yeah, when I took the job, I got a three-ring binder with about 40 pages in it. You went to howdy school? <laughs> yeah. Howdy, by the way. Yeah. 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 Somebody bet me I couldn't get you to say howdy. Yeah. No, I will Help say, me say, all say howdy all the time. <laughs> Who bet? How I, what's the wager? That, that would be against the NCAA rules. Right oh, yeah. Now. But uh, a, a good dinner at Republic. Well, you know what? I don't care what it is. Howdy, Coach. Howdy. You yeah. just won. Howdy! There we go. See? There we go. That's fantastic. Enjoy that dinner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you, yeah, I've been here. You're going to have your third season, right? Yeah. Right. Coming up this spring. Um, what's been – has anything caught you off guard about this job? Uh, you know, I think uh, – well, first of all, you think you understand the power and the strength and the competitiveness of the SEC in baseball, but until you have to live it or die on it every single weekend, uh, it's, it, it's shocking. But, but over and above just the strength and power of this, of this university, what a great school it is, uh, and then the, the, the 12th man. Like, until you experience that in Kyle Field, in Reed Arena, or at Olsen Field, uh, you, you don't understand. You just noted the talent. Uh, in the conference on the diamond. We talk all the time about how the SEC is a gauntlet unlike any other across the entire college football landscape. For people who may not be familiar with SEC baseball, try to describe what that every single weekend, we, weekend in, weekend out gauntlet is. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the big leagues of college baseball. And uh, all you need to know is the last two, well, prior to LSU, the last two national champions in our conference uh, there's still great programs. Ole Miss and Mississippi State didn't even make the conference tournament. And wow, so just, yeah. in, just in any given second, and as we know, Ole Miss was the last team in two years ago, won a national championship. We finished. We didn't have a great season last year. We finished 10th in the league, and we were a two seed, and we're one game away from a win, you know, going to a super regional. So uh, I think my, what, my first year here, eight teams in Omaha, four of them from the, not just the SEC, but from the SEC West, four from our own division. So you just have to survive it and then get in the postseason and see what happens. So when you built what you built at TCU, which was remarkable, yeah. I mean, it really was, and you and I first met in Omaha years ago, um, when you built that there and then what you're building here, what's the difference? Is it just the fact that there are no weekends off? Yeah, I mean, I think that, the, the, first of all, TCU is an amazing place. Absolutely. Uh, small private school and what we are able to do there and what they continue to do is, yep. is still awesome. Amazing. But to have the opportunity to do something special, uh, I've had other opportunities, but I, I don't like being next. I want to be first. I, I want to be a part of the first national championship yeah. at Texas A&M. And, uh, and can, you can you imagine what that would be like to, uh, or what that will be like when we come – come back home. So uh, to do that with 500 plus thousand former students, 75,000 students here on campus, um, I just said it, it's, I, I don't want to say it's a better or worse job. It's a different job, yeah. completely different. And uh, just, I, I really love it. It's awesome. The challenges of the two are just it, complete. It, yeah, 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 completely different. And then if you're not living life on the edge, you're taking up too much room. And so, and so to, uh, that's what I'm doing. You know, that's what, we, that's what you do in the SEC. That's what Coach Fisher does every single weekend. Uh, it's, a, you're, it's like you're beating your head against the wall sometimes, but it's so, it's so exciting and so rewarding. I'm a thousand percent taking that line. No, I was just that saying, line uh, is now mine. So Mar Marty's, got got, Marty's got a book coming out like literally next week. Tuesday. And like he could have used that line in that book. So yeah, in the sequel you could use it. If you're not there. living on the edge, you're taking up too much room. If you're not living life on the edge, you're taking up too much room. And so that, that, that was the challenge <laughs> in, coming, in coming here was, you know, challenge myself, challenge our program challenge the players against the very best coaches, the very best players, and the very best atmospheres. Athletics Director Ross Bjork's done a great job of bringing great, talented leaders in. You know, Jimbo, Coach Williams in basketball, awesome. yourself. I wonder if you, what interaction you may have had with Coach Fisher or Coach Williams and maybe what you've taken from them. Well, I've always followed Coach, uh, Buzz, Coach William Buzz all, uh, and just on social media and stuff like that. We're very similar in terms of culture and how we interact with our teams and then just been a big fan of Coach Fisher. And Coach Fisher's from West Virginia. I'm from Western Maryland. We're about 20 miles apart from each other <laughs> in that part of the country. So I followed his career. And, Route 7? Yeah, and I'm super excited <laughs> about our team. Uh, I think his two national championships, it's not a coincidence that both quarterbacks were baseball guys, right? And now we have another baseball guy in Connor Wegman, so we're excited about that. Is that uh, and, and Connor's a, a phenomenal baseball prospect. Outstanding. I mean, just phenomenal. 
I, I'm intrigued by where you are on that. Do you appreciate recruiting multi-sport athletes, yeah. or do you want the kid no. that played travel ball since no. he was ten? No, no. I want guys that I want guys that play all sports, uh, and specifically football. To be honest with you, why? Because in, in in football you play so few games and so many practices, and in in baseball it's the opposite. We we play so many games. That I think football players truly understand the value of practice and how to prepare. Um, and they're just so competitive, and they're so much a part of a team. I mean, Connor can be like you were talking earlier. Connor can be as great as you want, but if the O line doesn't do what, doesn't do their job, he's got no chance, right? So, just being a part, understanding how everything works together. Uh, football to me is the very best players I've coached have played on Friday nights in football. Well, and, Jim, and Jimbo, and if you give him 30 seconds, he'll tell you, was a great athlete in every sport. The picture, <laughs> the picture of him from Sanford are legendary, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, he's dunking and hitting home runs and playing football. It was interesting uh, talking to Coach Fisher about Connor and his baseball uh, past because he was talking about how great his hands are right. and how great his base is as yeah. a result of being a middle infielder. Yeah. Sorry, Cooter. Yeah. So, uh, E4. He knocks that down at least twice a show. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's all right. I used yeah. to do that. Yeah, but but right, but, but well, I'm going to bring that out too. By the way, we got so we've got a, we got a former Carson Newman infielder and a former Elon Fighting yeah. Christian star, Fighting Christian from back was, in the day, the, the yeah. Phoenix. Oh, now. it's a singular. Yeah, it was it's a, a unit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, it was an awesome. It was like this angry looking like, yeah. preacher guy. Yeah, yeah. It was, I got an old T-shirt somewhere. Oh yeah, but yeah, but so we got we got a couple. Of, we got a couple. You cross over South to South Atlantic City. Conference. That's yep. it. It's a sack, baby. The sack. Yeah. It was That's good it. baseball too. That's right. Yeah, it was outstanding baseball. It's been many days at Carson Newman. But, but it's a great point, though, that Marty brings up is the idea of the multi-sport athletes. We get, we get the parents in the hotel stopping us all the time. Hey, man, we spent $20,000 last year. My, my son's done nothing but play baseball since he was three. I'm like, you might want to give him basketball. Yeah, sometime. by the way, it's okay to be 15 years old and just, yeah. and just go hunting and fishing or go do something else. Or, are you parents listening to this? Or just be 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, don't get me started. I, I mean, there are plenty of people that do that, and you know, but they, I think they get burnt out, and I think – if you're always competing, right? If you're playing in the fall, fall baseball, you know, we, we have a thing in left field, it's called a scoreboard. We're, you know, we're actually trying to win the games. <laughs> and so, and so uh, to me, I would much rather a guy play football or basketball or some other sport and actually be trying to win, play competitive, a competitive team sport than playing another random baseball game on a Saturday afternoon where you're not playing for a championship. I would rather have competitive all-around athletes. Hey, thank you so much you got for it, making brother. time for Thanks us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. You Coach, got it, man. Thank you. We'll Appreciate see you this spring. Yeah. See, we'll yeah. see you in Omaha. Y'all, Sloss, he said he wants to bring those rings back here. Finally, man, I can't imagine what this place is going to be like when they finally win that College World Series. It's going to be absolutely amazing. All right, uh, today live, you know what? This guy sitting next to me right here to the right is going to be hosting this show. SEC Nation coming up uh, 10 a.m. Eastern right here on the SEC Network. That booger's still on my seat. Marty, so uh, you, I know we're going to see this on the show. You had a chance to talk to Ole Miss quarterback Jack Stark. What y'all talk about? You're going to love this, dude. What's the story behind the eye black? It's very unique for a quarterback to kind of have a different kind of swag, you know. I remember my senior year, I was just like, screw it, I like it, I'm going to do it. You know, my next door neighbor came over after I did it, and he's like, bro, it's like Anakin's scars, because we're both big Star Wars fans. Would you agree that you look like Anakin Skywalker? I guess, I guess so. I guess people can have a comparison for that. Your Heisman campaign should be called Dark Vader. Let's go. What is your reaction to the Dark Vader campaign? That's right, baby. Let's ride with it. That's pretty tricky, right? That's a yeah. pretty good idea. Has anybody else ever said this? Yeah, they have. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I, thought I, was, I thought I was all smart. Hey. But we can say you started it. When he puts that together and all the media ask you where it came from, it came from right here. That's right. Marty Smith, ESPN. I'm going to tell hey, you. Can, hey, first of all, can I say something? Yeah. You know how I feel about you as a journalist and as a writer. I've never been prouder of you. <laughs> Than I am, because <laughs> dude, when you—I mean, I'm wearing a stormtrooper pin right now. When you 
when they, I heard you were going to do that interview, I was like, man, he's got to ask him about the face paint. And you did. I, I've never been prouder of you. Well, thank you. I appreciate I knew you would appreciate that. And it was funny. The great Chris Duzan was my uh, producer on, on that feature. And I said to Duz, I'm like, hey, this eye black thing, we have to do a whole thing. And he, he went and had that whole graphic made. Yeah. It's just so cool. And, and I'm going to tell you, man. I couldn't possibly be more impressed yeah. with my time with Jackson Dart. Uh, very sharp, composed young man. I mean, huge. He's big old neck. Yeah, he's big giant. old trunk. He's, he is a baller, and he's such a great dual threat for Lane Kiffin. It's really starting to come to him, kind of how to manipulate the defense um, as runner and passer, and it's showing. I mean, our, our guy Roman Harper thinks he's the most improved player in the conference, and I discussed that with Jackson. I discussed kind of – why Ole Miss was right for him. Of course, he started his career at Southern Cal. Right. And when Lincoln Riley came over, he brought Caleb Williams with him. And so the transfer portal is a big part of Jackson's story. He gets to Ole Miss, and what happens, man? Spent, all these great quarterbacks yep. are coming in yep. to the room, and so he just loved the competition. And it was interesting to me, his explanation of Lane Kiffin's influence in his life. He said, what I expected from Kiffin, and what I got were completely different things. He expected this super jovial, hey, man, let's cut up and have a good time. He said coach was very measured. Like, I'm going to learn who you are as a person on a human level before we ever get to the football part. And it's really impacted Jackson quite a bit. Y'all are going to love that piece on Nation here coming up uh, in an hour, hour and a half. Yeah, and, and I'm telling you, I, I'm, I'm – I mean, I mentioned he's got a book coming out this week. You and I have worked. You worked on some amazing. You know how I feel about your writing. I've never been prouder because because Star Wars doesn't come to you naturally. It comes to me maybe too naturally. And I appreciate you. It's, I appreciate you doing that. I knew your y'all don't understand. This guy has a podcast about Star Wars. Yeah, I have an R two D two tie on right now. Yeah, I mean he it's he just, is just full kinda, blown yeah, Millennium Falcon. Dot com. Yeah, I'm already married, so I'm good. She, 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 <laughs> she, 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 she likes it too. So yeah, no, it's a. It, otherwise, I, I, he I, looks I, just I, like Anakin Skywalker. Uh, it's unbelievable, and he just and, and what, what he said to you about Lane Kiffin. That's not the first time this year we've heard that from an Ole Miss football player, which is you think it's just goofy fun time all the time, but he's a football coach. And, and it, 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 another thing too, quickly about that, um, Matt Corral. The way that Lane yeah. Kiffin grew Matt Corral, not only as player but as person, was a major in, uh, reason why he chose to go to Ole Miss, too. Southern California kid yeah. goes to Ole Miss. There's a mind meld thing that happens with Lane Kiffin and his quarterbacks. And, hey, oh, by the way, they're really good. So it works out. All right, so we mentioned earlier all the traditions here at A&M. All right, we're getting ready. We got some yell practice going on over there in front of them. I like I like that little dude in the hat there on the left. He's ready to go. They take the yell practice so seriously here. They have a statue of it. They're performing in front of the statue. There you go. The kids are the kids are learning. They teach them young here in College Station because they're getting ready for games like today. Hey, you know who uh, has covered some big games in his life? <laughs> this look at this. it's the legends. It's Reveille and Paul. Paul Fonbaum going to join us straight ahead. It's Marty McGee live from College Station, y'all. Reveille's like. Oh, welcome back. It's Marty McGee live from College Station, Texas. The kids yell practice. They're, like I said earlier, they're teaching them early, man. They must have done a good job over there. They're, they're doing the high fives. Oh, oh the live look. Walk. Here they come. Their way. The walk has started. This is the brass section. Oh. Now we're making our way into percussion. And there's the Auburn band walking across the bridge there over lovely Aggie Park. I'm telling you, son. Straight it's from the plains. It is time to go. Greatest sound in the world. It is. Marching band. That drum, man. Greatest sound in the world. Other than Paul Feinbaum's oh, there you dulcet go. Yeah. tones. <laughs> hey, let's take a look at this week's home gating highlights brought to you by Bush's Beans. Scan the QR code you're going to see here momentarily to see how you enter your own home gating experience on Instagram with the hashtag Bush's Home Gating Contest. My man, I think my man's got some Del Earnhardt gargoyles right there. Do you see those shades? Oh, that's what's in, man. They're called like pit vipers. Are they really? Yeah, my son has. I'm not some. cool enough. There the you only go. reason I know that is because I have youngins. They got the flat top grill already. They got the the great Paul Feinbaum joins us Paul, now. Paul, how sir. we doing? Uh, you were just hanging out with Reveille there, having a nice little kumbaya. Did you know that Reveille has a once a week spa session that lasts eight hours? 
Eight hours? What do y'all think about that, girls? Eight hours to get, like, nice and fluffy. I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, <laughs> Ten years, 11 years ago, uh, number one, Alabama was hosting Texas A&M for the first time. Johnny Manziel was a quarterback. And they were just, they were just destroying Alabama in the first half. And that's something like 24 to 3 or something. And my wife uh, was in the, went to the game and she was on the other side. And she's, I mean, I, I mean I'm in a meltdown. The, the whole seat, I mean, I'm covering Alabama. The whole, the whole world is coming to an end because of some guy I'd never heard of before, Johnny Football. And she texted me. She says, I hope you're not too busy, but what's that dog's name? And I'm like, going, I don't care that dog's name. My whole life is turning upside down. And by the way, A&M won the game. No. Uh, yeah. But, oh, that's but that's what part. you. But Reveille is, is standalone. She she was uh, she she upstaged Johnny football. No, Reveille runs the school. I learned that very quickly when I came here the first time. I was like, wherever wherever Reveille went, everyone else stopped what they were doing. Like like the queen was coming through, and that's it. Like even just now over our shoulder, she's just kind of sitting yes. there looking at her like, welcome to my school. She is the queen. And there's welcome the mascot Kyle. corporal. Yeah. The mascot corporal is the individual who is charged with being Reveille's handler for an entire year. That's too much pressure. I mean, everywhere the ma mascot corporal goes, the dog goes. And on the sideline, I've seen him step in front of Reveille uh, as a play is coming over. I mean, he, yeah. He's taking some hits. Yeah, it's like, it's like the Reveille's not getting hurt, though. Paul, have you ever done an eight-hour spa day? No, uh, but I'm after today. Uh, I, I, might, uh, I, I won't need a steam room because uh, of, the, of the wonderful it's weather here in College Station. That's the first day of fall. Haven't you heard? Uh, it it is the first day of fall. It's going to be a hundred degrees. Yesterday, as we taped a few things, I swear to y'all, it was a hundred five. All right. Speaking of hot, let's discuss the A and M offense. Your impression of the Bobby Petrino experiment to date. Who, who in the world was criticizing this move uh, eight months ago? I mean, certainly not me. Not us. Um, Nobody in this no, vicinity. No one, no one on this set. I mean, if this season turns around and heads toward a really good place, it will, it will go down as the move of the college football season in the SEC. He has been brilliant. Uh, and and I, I think it's, it's a great redemption story of somebody who's been bounced around and knocked, knocked down. And, and I, I give Jimbo Fisher uh, enormous credit for recognizing there was a problem and – fixing it. it as someone who's covered college for as long as you have it fascinates me about this program i'm going to say this delicately as i know how <laughs> there's but a they, lot of aggies behind you right but, but 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 the money the resources the fact that they're in texas but but there's not a lot of trophies in the trophy case what is it about this program that they're going to have to do to finally get over that hump well, I, th I think they, they believe they're, they're close. Um, it didn't come quickly uh, under Jimbo Fisher, but uh, you know, the SEC is, is not a good place to, to be a turnaround artist. Um, I think at the end of the season, if they, if they can make progress and, and get to the finish line, then I think they, they will be in a good spot because the recruiting is the key. We, we know what's on this roster, and, and now it's a matter of executing. The, the one fly in the ointment that, that, I, that I think a few people here are concerned about is that for 10 years, this program has dominated that other program 90 miles away in Austin. And now that other program, for the first time in its history, and by the way, that's the University of Texas, <laughs> decided to copy A&M and said, we can't beat you in recruiting. We're not, we're, we're not doing well at all, so we're going to join you. So they, they joined the SEC. And, and that, that's an unnerving moment here that I think has to be worked out. Uh, you, you lauded Jimbo a minute ago for recognizing that he had to make a change and, and bring Petrino in. Let's go deeper on that for a second. What do you think it said? Jimbo's hard-headed about this decision for a year, a couple years, yeah. right? Like this should have been made a couple years ago, if we're being honest. What do you think it says about him and his evolution that he finally went, I have to do this now? Well, I think he was smart. Uh, he was out on that gangplank, and he looked down and saw the water, and he started saying, okay, <laughs> how do I get off this thing? And I, I think that it really is that simple. I mean, he – he was he was teetering toward trouble, uh, and I don't I don't know where he is right now. But the one thing about this campus there's a, there's a little bit of flux. Uh, there, there's an interim president. I met uh, General Welsh last night, and I, I watched and the interview. What what an amazing yeah. individual! This is uh, this is uh, uh, he comes from an Aggie family. His dad was a fighter pilot and uh, took him to 
to, to College Station and Kyle Field to games when he was five years old and, uh, you know, he became chief of staff of the Air Force. I know you think I'm ducking your question. Uh, but, but, <laughs> that uh, is much more interesting no, no. But than it, but anything this was, I, I was riveted by, by this man, and, and he just, he, to me, uh, President West just represents what, what this university is all about. So I, I think they'll be patient, uh, and I think Jimbo understands that, but, but he doesn't have time to waste. And I think the time is now. Today is essential. Next week in Arlington, absolute. And then uh, assuming uh, that, that the Aggies, and I think they will, I think if they get these next two wins, then they're going to be waiting for Alabama here in two weeks. And they know, uh, Texas A&M knows they can beat Nick Saban in Kyle Field, and they'll be ready to do it again. Yeah, there's no is- question about it. I want to, you mentioned that other school down the road. Just having them in the same conference, all those things, but how great is it, how big is it for college football that this game, Texas, Texas A&M, that we've been denied for so long will finally be back oh, on the schedule? I, I, I see Ross Bjork out of the corner of my eye, who I, I think uh, the Aggies owe uh, the fact that that game will be here yeah. first. Uh, I, I think the, the man right there over there has uh, made sure that is going to happen, and I think it will be one of the biggest games in the history of Texas A&M, and, and I, I have to say, I, I've, I've been around Aggies for 10, 12 years and, and have loved every moment of it. I have not spent much time around the University of Texas until two weeks ago in Tuscaloosa. I happened to be out Friday night with all, all, all Longhorns, uh, the governor, uh, Greg Abbott, a, the president, the, everybody was at the same place. And I, I don't know if the rest of the SEC is, is, is prepared for the University of Texas. Those folks are a different breed. Am I wrong? Yeah. Yeah. They're all being very polite right now. I appreciate it. um, uh, uh, Paul's hanging out with university presidents and state governors, and you and me are at the hop in. We're in the the lobby at the the home, too. I took a long turn. Getting a free apple. Paul, thank you very much. Paul, thank you, brother. A pleasure, guys. Thank you. We'll see you on SEC Nation shortly. The great Paul (laughs) Feinbaum, and there are ball games all over the SEC today. Kentucky and Vanderbilt follows SEC Nation at noon. Here on the SEC Network, Tennessee hosting UTSA, Florida hosting Charlotte, and Mississippi State makes their way to Columbia where Ryan McGee will be there for Parents Weekend. I will. Yeah. How about that I'm going to thumb a ride. Hey, uh, you know what? Uh, Time we, for Extra Extra. Yeah. I used to call it the tweeter machine. Now it's called Extra Extra because uh, now it's the X. Tweeter's extinct. Yeah, uh, we want to keep calling. Hey, here, all right, here's something I learned about you today is that you uh, will interview someone about Star Wars. I learned this about Doug Flutie, Heisman Trophy winner. My man has not one, but two Batmobiles Hooters in, in his garage. Look at this. This is Doug Flutie, Heisman Trophy winner. Man. And he is driving the original, like, Batman TV Batman. series. Yeah. And he just takes it out on, on, on rides up and down the road. He also has the Michael Keaton like jet engine Batmobile, and he turned his entire garage into a Batcave. I mean, that thing's sweet. Yeah, look at that. Who, just, who would be the Robin to Doug Flutie's Batman? I, I guess the, Phelan, Phelan? Phelan's the one that caught the ball, yeah, right? I mean, I would say that's probably the obvious answer. Yeah, but there you go. Doug Flutie riding around in, I want a Batmobile. You know, I like I like that old Doug Flutie has that thing, but that might be a more money than sense purchase. Yeah, all right, so when you do, you got to be careful when you do your hashtags, right? Uh, South Florida <laughs> is going to play Rice, and they go hashtag beat Rice, and it looks like hashtag Beatrice. Beatrice. Who's Beatrice? Everybody's like, why are they picking on? Why are they picking on Beatrice? You know, some grandma right now is riding down the road going, "Who is Beatrice? Why, why, why is there a pound sign next to my name?" I was say, actually, there's a grandma driving down the road going, "Why are they? Why are they shouting me out? Why are they shouting me out?" <laughs> hashtag Beatrice. Go Beatrice. There you go. All right, so one of my favorite coaches in America is just down the road. Coach Trailer was a legendary high school football coach. Now he has turned UTSA into a winner. And just when you thought you couldn't love the man anymore, this happens. I'm about make a policy that kickers and punters don't lift weights anymore. It might be my, my new policy. We might go back to the old school where I'm not even going to say it. But, you know, back in the day, they just – Smoked cigarettes and drank beers, all the kickers and punters did. But uh, I know you can't do that anymore in, in America. We can't do any of that fun stuff anymore. Shoot. 
Coach, anytime you want to drink cold beers, say, you come right yeah. on set, right on here on this set. Buddy. Yeah, you go right ahead. And, uh, but that's no, all, but modus yeah, operandi. That's all. But you know what? He isn't wrong. I remember even when I was at Tennessee at working for the football team, and you know, the offensive defense out here working, and the kickers would literally just sit on folding chairs under a tree and just sit there. I don't know what they were doing, looking at comic books. I'm like, all right, kickers are kickers. Burning lung darts and firing back cold beers. <laughs> just a, I love it. Just a little bit different. Yeah, but that's why. The, hey. Straight ahead, y'all. It's the reason that you're here. Be honest. And they uh, they have a few of these uh, they produce in Texas on a daily basis. Hillbilly headlines on Marty McGee. Straight ahead, live from College Station, y'all. No good. Oh man. Oh. Look at the, look at this shot right here. America, son. Look at that. America personified. Oh, glory. The buses. Glory looks gorgeous. Oh, it's Jimbo. This is live, y'all. And the Texas A&M Aggies have made their way to Kyle Field. I love it, man. The spirit walk. The band is ready. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. There you see it. Two hours. uh, Just under two coordinator. There's Bobby Petrino. Just discussing how well he's doing in that role. And, again, Jimbo deserves a lot of credit. It is so hard for uber-driven people who've been successful at doing something to evolve and delegate. And to date, he's done a really good job of that with Coach Petrino. Bob, Bobby, Bobby kind of looked like us just then. He got off that bus. He was and he's very like, confused on what like, he was doing. It is hot. He's like, you and I are both confused and hot. And it makes me feel better to know that Bobby Petrino is the same way. And there they go. Look the spirit that. walk is starting shot. right now. Holy cow, look at that. I mean, that is what makes college football so awesome. What do, they, what, what do they say? Everything's big in Texas? I mean, the spirit walk is no is a prime example. There they are unloading off the Oh, look at that. Oh, look at this. That's your dude right there. Yeah. That's Little Fisher. I mean, listen. Look at Little, little Fisher. Little Fisher don't the, play. The he, he's iced out. Holy he's jerseyed cow. out. Yeah. Look I'm at good. this. I'm good coach. And by the way, we were talking about hunting earlier. Jimbo doesn't do a whole lot of hunting. You know, he's a little busy in the fall during deer season. Yeah. You know who does all the hunting? Yeah. His son. That yeah. guy you just saw. Yeah. No, he's the one that gave us the whole uh, night vision, like, this is how we do this. If you the, were going to get some home. ice like that, what would, would you do, like, in a Millennium Falcon? 100%. Yeah, big, 100%. like, Joe Burrow. No, last week I had a Millennium Falcon ring on, and I was like, you know, if I could have this in a giant necklace, I think that would be even better. But here they are coming off the bus, and, th- again, th- this is what we love about being here. It's what we love about going to all college campuses because it's the traditions that make them all unique. But this place – is more unique than all the others we ever visit because there's just so much to it and that includes this right here and and you talk about tradition like you and i talk all the time about the rhythms of your day and the rhythms of your season the rhythms of your life that's what this is like almost to the minute when you see people come on the campus on friday for a game weekend and that includes this right here well it's it's lock-in time too you know this is a time where you walk by and you wink at your girlfriend and maybe hug mom and dad on your way towards the locker room here but we're, we're two, two and a half hours from kickoff. This is a very important football game for this program. Again, it's a barometer game. We're really going to find out a lot about just how far A&M's progressed. Uh, and, and this is, I mean, it's just amazing to watch. This shot is gorgeous. Yeah, no, it's incredible. And it is literally happening right across the street from where we're sitting right now. We're in this beautiful Aggie Park, which wasn't here the last time we were here two years ago. And here we sit, and, and the fans were running from here, no offense to us, to get over across the street uh, to watch this Aggie walk. And it is, I mean, it is it is amazing. And there you go. Put your game face on, son, right? I mean, it's, it, it really is time. You know, it always makes me wonder what those guys listen to. You know, what is their, what, what is their get right soundtrack? As what was your get right back through? in the day? A couple, Fishing in the Dark by Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. Okay. Uh, Larry Gatlin and the Gatlin Brothers, All the Gold in California. Okay. Yep, uh, we throw a little bit of, you know, Dr. Dre the Chronic in there. On the Walkman? sure if we're allowed to say that on, on the Discman? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, it was actually a Walkman. Yeah. yeah Discman I, I kept in the truck. You I know, the one that plugged into the yeah. tape Oh, deck. yeah. I, you know, I've, I've said this before, Rocky IV soundtrack for me, right? It's a good one. Oh, yeah, because, you know, that's how, that's how all the trailers are like, what are they, t- is this one my dad listens to? I think that's, that's what they're thinking. <laughs> hey. So we love. We talking about their dads are like, that's my little girl. Yeah, the that's right. They go, yeah, I listen to Rocky Four too. All right, so we're talking about the traditions, and, and right across the street from where we are right now, 
is the statue that embodies all of this. And I'll tell you right now, growing up in the 80s and the 90s, and Jackie Sherrill was the coach here, and Gene Stallings, he's got, but the 12th man on Thanksgiving Day, when you'd watch that Texas-Texas A&M game, I just, the story behind it was amazing, and that's him right there, E. King Gill, the 1922 Dixie Classic, kind of the precursor to the, to the, the Cotton Bowl, and uh, Dana X. Bible, his middle name was like Xenophon, from Jefferson, Tennessee, Jefferson City, Tennessee. It's a Xenophon, that thing where you, mm-hmm. yeah, sure, with the mallet. But Dana Bible coached here and at the other school down the road. But Dana Bible, uh, the story goes that E. King Gill was in the press box. It was uh, it was you know, New Year's holiday, and he just volunteered as a student down in Dallas where he lived. He's just working in the press box. Like I don't know what I don't know what you do in 1922. You bringing water to like Grantland Rice? I don't know. He's doing something. Maybe he was doing some Morse code. Yeah, like, to the AP handing out paper. I don't know what he was doing, but they needed him because there were so many injuries. And E. King Gill suited up and stood on the sideline and was at the ready to go. Never actually played. Never actually checked into the game, but was at the ready, and that's what the 12th man is doing. He was 100% at the ready. He was there. He's at the ready 24 hours a day now, standing right outside the stadium. That's I kind of feel bad for him, to be honest with you. I, once I, growing up, I thought he came in and won the Cotton Bowl. No, no, <laughs> he was waiting to check in. And so after that, I'm like, man, somebody just let him play one you, play. You think you and I could go stand on the sideline today and end up with a statue? Yeah, with, with, the, with the, like the leather helmet and the, yeah, and the shoulder pads. E. King the thirteenth and fourteenth man. <laughs> We're the the nineteenth man. He's never getting in, y'all. That's exactly. Hey, these folks are never getting in either. Except we do have them in the show today. It's time for Hillbilly Headlines. Marty, fire away, son. Look, all right. So we got this deal here. This guy stole a, a Power Wheels, a Jeep Power Wheels. I had to look this up. This is like what you buy in the Sears catalog. When we were I kids. texted this to you. I know you did. And this, you plug it in, and it's like an electric car. Remember the commercial? Yeah, and my dude pow, decided. Pow, power Wheels, Pow, Pow, Power Wheels, Power Wheels. <laughs> my dude decided uh, he's going to ride around and uh, get him a little something. And uh, and he was uh, he was arrested. Shockeroo. And they asked him, uh, they said, was there something in your system? And he's like, uh, he's like, yeah. Uh, he goes, honestly, officer, I've, I've taken some crystal meth. <laughs> That's a big shock, right? But this old boy right here, he claims that he had been driving this thing around for a month because, big surprise, his license was suspended. And this is this fine American right here. You know, you just can't drive these things down the road, right? You can't drink or anything tonight? No, not at all. Okay. I've been riding these power wheels for the last nine months. Nine months? That's taken me to jail. I might even get famous for that. You're famous now, Bubba. <laughs> I apologize. I've been driving for a month. It's nine months he's been driving that thing around. You know, the funny part about the power wheels deal, you can walk faster than that thing goes. Yeah. I always wanted one. I always wanted one, too. We didn't have yeah. money. <laughs> you got to have money to have the Power Wheels, man. <laughs> if a kid's rolling in Power Wheels. Kid down the street from me? Yeah. He has like a like Escalade. A doctor or something. Escalade oh, yeah. Power Wheels. Oh, yeah, because his dad's like, you know. Okay. All right. Luke <laughs> Luke really wants us to carry on here. All right. Uh, is this the – no, this is not the Taco Bell one. No. I don't have missing. Yeah, you were missing. So this jet went missing in F-35, and uh, the pilot had to eject – and, uh, and the plane uh, vanished, and everybody kind of freaked out over it, and it ended up uh, crash landing uh, somewhere down near Charleston, South Carolina. And uh, we, we found it, and so and this guy heard it. Normally it's pretty quiet, but on Sunday afternoon... I was in the, uh, in the bathroom taking a shave, and I heard a, a screeching... Between a screech and a whistle. Taking a shave was not what I was expecting him to say right there. Taking a shave. That was dangerous. I was expecting a completely different word. That was dangerous. White says he didn't realize it was a plane at the time, so he didn't call anybody. The first thought came to me. I thought, must what, see the meteorite come out of space or something? And I said, well, if the airplane, it needed to be reported. But the thing was flying is too low. I didn't know he shouted us out. Yeah, when he yeah, I'm with you. When he said taking a when he said taking a shave, shave, I was a I was a little worried there. Luke, that was not what I was expecting yeah. him to say, sir. Yeah. All right. So uh, we this our new tradition. Talking about the twelfth man. How about the third man? Who's got our next hillbilly headline out there? It might be me. I have the card in my hand. 
Alright. Florida man steals ambulance from Alabama Taco Bell. Police say a 31-year-old Florida man apparently wanted to make a run for the border, but needed a vehicle to do it. Police in Greenfield, Alabama say a man jumped into an unlocked ambulance, parked at a Taco Bell, found the keys, and took <laughs> off. But his joyride didn't last long. Police found the stolen ambulance a short time later. The suspect tried to flee, but was quickly apprehended. Thank you so much. Great job. Great job. So my man wanted some good Taco hat. My man wanted some Taco Bell and needed to get there in a hurry. I guess wanted to get it home before it got cold and got him an ambulance. Look, man, what, but whatever it takes, dude. Whatever it takes. There's a joke in there, too, about the fact that he was ate a bunch of Taco Bell and had an ambulance. But I'm not going to probably gonna make that joke. Yep. Do it. Do y'all feel dumber today having stood so close to us? They're, they're trying to be nice, but they, they didn't disagree with I me mean, right there. I mean, where'd she go? Where's the one that did all the homework last night? Yeah. She, oh, did she, where'd she go? Yeah, she went to do some Oh, she went to do some homework. more homework. Yeah, homework. She's like an aeronautical yeah. engineer or yeah. something. She's I was over here asking about the ASMR thing. Like, that's what we were doing, those old trapper packs. Yeah. <laughs> it's Marty McGee. We'll wrap it up here shortly and then go to Nation. Well, we, we can't say it enough. A bunch of gigantic big old football games across the nation today, but particularly in the SEC. And tonight you can see the rack, recap of all of it. SEC football final with those three handsome headshots right there uh, following Mississippi State at South Carolina. There's a guy I know who has a really well-written, well-voiced essay about what a big day of football this is across the nation. What? We'll see that in SEC Nation. I I mean, what? I even saw it on the Sports Center machine this morning. Really? Yes. That's amazing. Yes. I mean, well, I hear he's good looking. I hear he looks a little bit like Johnny Benson used to look. <laughs> Super good looking. Yeah. Likes to wear blue and khaki together. I do like to wear blue and khaki together, and uh, which was, um, I almost changed that this morning because I knew I was going to be sweating. But no, I, you made a good choice. But, See, those are darker pants than I thought but, you were going to have. But I also, I dumped a bunch of that. Uh, Oscar crab meat all over my pants last night. I got back to the room like I can't clean this. McGee and I went over here to Christopher's last night awesome. at the behest of my great friend Buzz Williams. He yeah. said it's the best food in town. And it was so delicious. we went over there and boy, it was on time. But, it was. Uh, but we were having a discussion about bacon wrapped salmon. Yeah, and uh, we were, and you had something. I had some redfish. Yeah. I had to make sure that it was a fillet and didn't have eyeballs and tentacles and stuff. Marty, like Marty literally says to the waitress, he goes, "Is this just a fillet? Because I don't want to have to look at any eyeballs." I didn't need any eyeballs on my yeah. plate. But it was delicious, and we. Uh, but I dumped some all over my. Before uh, we get out of here, huh? let me revisit this top of the show when okay. I was trying desperately to say pressure is a privilege. Yeah, I said like yeah. privilege is a pressure. You gave up. I just went. You went. Shoot the cannon. Fired yeah. off. Jack. It was awesome, by the way. Hey, go get them today. You ready? Thank you, brother. I'm ready. Let's ride. All right. SEC Nation is coming straight ahead. Thank you all so much. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. We're going to let this guy host Nation. Can you believe that? SEC Nation. <laughs>